Hello, Smarter Bodies Podcast. I think this is number 11. We're here with the captain of the motherfucking time ship, <laughs> uh, Melissa Gutierrez. And were me. you like a radio DJ at some <laughs> point in your life that I don't know about? Uh, shut up. So, uh, you're definitely never going to be the captain of the time ship. By the I'm way. not the captain of the time ship. You can't fucking get anywhere. I don't even know. Fuck. Really? Oh, God damn it. You're getting a phone call oh, now? Hold on, everybody. I'm so sorry. I gotta turn this off. Kim's getting a phone call. She's yeah, like, well... She's very popular. It's not true. She has no friends. I'm popular with the debt collectors. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. It actually was a friend. Oh. Um, you have more than me. Yeah. So we're here from Mel's ridiculously fancy apartment. Not at all. Kim lives on train cars, uh, apparently, so... She can't stop talking about things in different languages that exist in her her apartment. Like? Like all of the shit that was on the fucking table over there. We had a a meal, and there was like at least nine different countries represented on that table, which we actually counted and confirmed. I mean, between fruit, cheese... Anyway. Ceramics. I don't want to touch anything in here. Get out. Get out. Get out. So, in today's podcast, today is a sad day. Uh, oh, please, let's not talk about we Donald will, Trump We're today. going to, Do we have to? Yeah, no, it's on the uh, um, list. Oh, it's on the we list. Well, then about. we have to talk about it. Um, so, but first, January 20th, 2017, uh, the three topics we're going to talk about today oh, are... Oh, wait, happy birthday, Donna. It's not just about the inauguration. It's about my friend Donna's birthday. Hi, Donna. Happy birthday. Okay. Does she listen to our podcast? Yeah, she does. Hi, Donna. And she's super well-educated and smart, so there. Does she know how to pronounce Rochebeauvoir? Rochebeauvoir. <laughs> what an asshole you are. Whatever. Um, so we're going to talk about... People are obviously falling off their resolutions already. I've noticed the first week of January... Tons of people in the gym. So we're not talking about Donald Trump right now. We're talking about... No, there's a fucking list right here that I wrote out that you can see. It's right in front of your face. Okay. You can't be the captain of the list ship. Oh. I'm just making the (laughs) saddest pity face towards Kim. Like, oh. Anyway. Go on. Uh, So, yeah, are you already... Are people out there already falling off your New Year's resolution? The second week. Mm. I mean, mad people in the gym the first week. Second week already, the gym's empty and... Whatever, I'm not, I'm not blaming anybody. So, no, there's no a reason, though. There's a reason why people end up falling off their resolutions. Lots of reasons. Uh, if you read our blog, which you should, which is uh, smarterbodies.com slash blog, we now have a three-part series of how to not fail your resolutions. So, for the first part, just look up how to not fail your resolutions, part one. It's a three-part series. Anywho... How do you not know how to capitalize certain words in that title? Now, now I have to go into the dashboard and fix that shit. I gave you the opportunity Whatever, to edit it. Jesus Christ. And you didn't. Hey, you had plenty of time, <laughs> and you didn't do it. Hey, Zeus. So that should be your resolution. Yep. Okay, anyway, on. so one of the things I wanted to talk about is, uh, fit. well, why people tend to fail their resolutions, but um, specifically fitness gimmicks, because in a way... Resolutions, the way that they're advertised, are designed to make you fail. 
So gym membership specifically, mm. a lot of gyms bank on the fact that you're going to get a membership that you're never ever going to use. Um, a sales manager at one of the gyms I work at told me the most startling statistic. He said that in most places he's worked in, up to 60% of members never show up. Yes. But the gym is just banking on that money. Yes. And they just won't, they know they won't come, but they know they'll get the membership fee. Yes. That's phenomenal. It's... I had no idea it was that egregious. It is. And again, there's lots of reasons. Um, this is another time where uh, the fitness industry, as well as other companies, will actively promote gimmicks because they prey on people's insecurities. They prey on people's sense of desperation. Gimmicks like what, Kim? I follow the sheet. like. <laughs> no, but before that, um, so one of the things people have to realize with resolutions is that I say 90% of the goals people tell me are just completely unrealistic. Mm. And it's almost like they're setting themselves up to fail. And since so many people fail, res fail at their resolutions, it's almost accepted. And I'm not saying that you should beat yourself up about it. But if you're going to make a resolution and actually want to obtain the goal, uh, there's a method to the madness. So the first thing I want to talk about was gimmicks. Since there's, you can't go through a Facebook feed without seeing some dumb shit that somebody's doing. We've talked about it before, but uh, juice cleanses is a big one. I'm not saying they're not going to help you lose weight. If losing weight's your goal, of course you're going to lose weight because you're not fucking eating. Like, that's, that's a given. However, the moment food goes back in your mouth, there is pretty much zero guarantee that any of that progress is going to stay um, unless you immediately change other things. But even if you don't, people who frequently juice cleanse can really screw with their metabolism, especially as they start to get older. Well, and I think this is where we can point out to listeners who are not in the field like we are and don't have the advantage of the, the our background that companies really do take for granted misinforming the general public and they rely on that ignorance and so I'm not saying ignorance in terms of like damning people but please understand that you are being sold a message that's in that's faulty it's based on misinformation your metabolism and how your body physically and generally works is the result of an accrual of habits so if you mess with that juice cleanse to get an immediate feeling or sense of weight loss, you will also have long-term metabolic repercussions to deal with. Absolutely, especially for people who kind of uh, abuse the juice cleanse. Which I've, I've actually seen in quite a few clients that yeah. They, yeah. they, oh, I lost 10 pounds. Let me do another one in a month. Let me do another one in two months. Yeah. And it really, really messes up their metabolism. And you have to understand, what I would like for people to understand too is that there's a lot of great information being put out there on people who, like ourselves, are tired of this um, pseudoscience. And there's. Because it is pseudoscience. There's the whole concept of detoxing is complete and utter bullshit. It is. A, I'm going to, I always like to have the more tempered response, but I will say this. Whatevs. I will say this, and this is something that is happening, thankfully. The tide is turning on the caloric control, neuro, neuro, neurotic behavior that people are like, if I count my calories and I do my juice cleanses, I will be healthy. There's so many great videos out there 
that are addressing this and talking about how calories in, calories out is way too simplistic and not appropriate when trying to figure out what's a diet that works best for a healthier me that supports the goals that I have. Yeah, popular. Always. I feel like I want to drink these candles. Do not touch my candles. You shouldn't put them in such attractive little cup-like things. It's called... Votives. A votive. Thank you. It's a votive holder. Or a votive. Just kidding. Okay. The other thing um, about juice cleanses, which we've talked about, is they're not healthy. You're not getting the nutrients that uh, they claim to have. For instance, one of the most popular juice juices that people drink is this green juice. I guess people assume because it's green or because it's made from kale or whatever that it's inherently healthy. The problem is that a lot of the nutrients aren't in the juice and get discarded with um, what they throw out from making the juice. On top of that, it's been shown over and over again that the bioavailability of uncooked greens is really, really low. So Pretty much you're just tasting, drinking something that tastes like shit for no reason and costs probably 8 or $9. Well, here's where I would like to say, hey, Kim, what if somebody tells you, but I feel good when I have it. I say, fuck your feelings. Cool. I'm going to have a, a different answer for that. Whatever. <laughs> if, people, I mean, look, people are adults. They should realize that their feelings don't count for shit. Kim is in an angry place. <laughs> angry space. I want to drink these candles. <laughs> Please don't touch my candles. Um... Don't touch it. Those were very expensive votive holders. Um, so the thing, listen, guys, when you go through a divorce, you spend your money and we're on weird shit, and I spent it on my fancy votive holders. Drinkable candles. Drinkable candles. Um, I want to make space for the legitimate experience of people who feel good on a juice. Okay. Um, but <laughs> that's really mature. It's okay to do something that feels good. I am, I am not... Oh, really, yes. Heroin. The, is that what you're talking about? You could do heroin and feel really good. Um, but this, for me, is not a complete refutation of all juice cleanses. What it is, is, once again, I would like for people to just understand what they're doing and why. And if you like a juice, like a green juice, because you have a certain sense of feeling good behind it, and there is some research that supports, like, maybe oh. you're getting chlorophyll, you know, and that kind Which of... Which we can't use because we there's no photosynthesis no, but there is that something, occurs in our body. But, no, but there is... But there is a irrefutable anecdotal feeling that I do think is important that for people... For us to pay attention to. I don't, but we can agree to disagree. Fair enough, fair enough. But where we do agree is, please just know the science behind it before you believe whatever it is you're being sold. And there's so That's much... All. You know, these companies take advantage of the fact that you're gullible. Um, speaking of being gullible, there's another product that's being sold everywhere like crazy are waist trainers. Mm. And you mean organ compression belts? <laughs> when people ask, so many people ask me about this and when I tell them it's BS, um, they're always saying, oh, well, so-and-so celebrity endorsed it. Great. Who gives that person was probably getting paid because they see, they see like pictures of Kim Kardashian and she's like, oh, I use this waist trainer or whatever. For, the person's probably getting paid from the, com from the company, for one. For two, you don't have a fucking private chef. Don't even act like you can... You can <laughs> don't live. act like you have a private chef, is what <laughs> Kim's you, point you is from this not. podcast. No, I'm just... <laughs> yes, I have a private chef. Yeah, I mean, look. Dick. Maybe uh, 
something worked. But if you're talking about Kim Kardashian, she has money. She has access to time. surgeons. She has time. She has time. She can work out with like five different personal trainers. She has a nutritionist. She has a personal chef. Like, you don't fucking have these things. So maybe it wasn't the waist trainer that helped her, but other shit. So Kim's, Kim would like to not only inform you better today and disabuse you of crippling beliefs that could ruin your resolutions, she also wants to yell at you. Stop censoring me. So that you, I just want the audience to be prepared for the rest oh, of the show. I just feel like instead of waist trainers, people should just like wrap that shit around their face well, and suffocate themselves and just die. Save the world. If you like waist trainers, die. Here's the thing. Here's, again, where it's more helpful to, like, kind of bust through certain experiences. Will it change your shape? It could, temporarily. Um, would that be healthy for you long-term? Probably not. Do some people report alleviated back pain when they wear them? Yes, of course, because you're getting some... External support. You're getting external support, and you're getting feedback through your abdominals that your body is kind of telling you, hey, this is good for us, that it would be wiser for you to inherently build yourself... Because if you waste, if you train with those waist trainers on, you actually may do the reverse, and because of the external feedback that your body takes for granted, it may shut off your abdominal yeah. response. In other words, the waist trainer is creating stability that you should be creating on your own through your abdominals and your low back. So if you use the waist trainer when you're working out, you're actually not engaging in those areas and relying yeah. on external support. Your body is going to go. Not only that, whatever, but it, great. We it, don't need to do this. It can if you. Um, for people who uh, are really like crazy about it, um, it's not so good for your organs to be compressed like that all the time. No, it's. Um, do you remember? Like, if you don't believe us, just look at autopsies of corseted skeletons and bodies. There's some photos probably on Google Images of what the organs look like, how they were shifted. Um, the now. skeletons uh, are really telling. And by the way, I don't want to mix up waist trainers with a particular group of people who are interested in the either the fetish of wearing a beautiful corset for a personal purpose. And it, that can be sensual, it can be sexual, it can be fashion. Mr. Pearl, I highly admire you and your work if he's ever listening to our podcast. There's even a Wikipedia, which is the effects <laughs> of tight lacing on the body. So, which includes effects to the heart, lungs, circulation, breasts, stomach, liver, colon, uterus, gallbladder, and muscles. Again, we just want you to make informed choices. So if you do want to course it even beyond the scope of fitness, do, do it just knowing the risks and the possible benefits. So I leave that in the public's hands. Just know what you're doing. Oh, George Michael. Anyway. Why is he on this? Uh, What's next on our, on our list of gimmicks? 21 day programs. It, it doesn't have to be 21 specifically. However, um, a lot of companies, fitness companies will tout these like 21 day programs, 30 day program. Um, it's, let me just say this. You will get results. Usually the, the results are because of the intensity of the program, but those yeah. programs were not meant to be sustainable and it's not sustainable to keep up that type of intensity forever. So even though those things can give you a jump start, um, it's 
gonna be a little confusing for you afterwards to switch to training less. You're not gonna see the kind of results that you saw before. Um, not only that, you're probably not gonna see the kind of results that is shown are shown in testimonials. A lot of the people who take those programs, the testes, they are testes. Testes. Um, testicles. <laughs> testicles. They're on a very, very controlled diet, which of course isn't mentioned. It makes it seem like uh, those people only did the program and didn't change anything else. But I've known several people who have done the done this, and it's a very controlled, very limited diet that they're on, and that's why they're seeing such drastic results. That being said, you have to understand something. People want this picture of themselves. They want a certain result, and they just assume that once they reach that goal, it's going to stay like that forever. <clears throat> and that's never the case. So whatever program you build for yourself, it has to be something that's sustainable if your your goal is maintaining a certain body type. Well, and I will, I think that the nice thing about a 21-day program or whatever your quote-unquote program is, what where they are, here's where they are beneficial. If you take in everything that Kim was talking about and understanding what the limitations are, they can help you develop better habits. They have some, some of them have really edu excellent education programs about food and exercise. They give people that jump start that they may need to then sustain something for later. As long as they understand that the sustainable long-term strategy can, will be very different than the short-term program that they're experiencing, then I think that it's all good. Like, then take it, run with it, just be smart in a, how you use that knowledge and apply it later to the rest of your life, essentially. Word. Word. Um, speaking of programming, I had a conversation with a couple of different clients about how they're working out because there is a method to the madness. Um, phys uh, personal trainers are often trained in exercise physiology. I say often because it's not always the case. That being said, that's an actual science and there are yes. programs for people who want specific results. A lot of the times when people are left to their own devices, they don't know what they're doing. I've, it's actually kind of hilarious to watch people at the gym who don't know what they're doing. And I'm not talking about they don't know how to perform exercises. Obviously, that's hilarious. But they don't really know what order they should be doing them in, how many exercises they should be doing in a given day, how many a week, what time of day, what type of exercises, etc. Um, are you really going to eat fucking carrots on this podcast? I worked out. No, I, that's not why I'm, I'm saying that. It's because it's loud. I moved away from the mic. Look, watch. I'm not going to say anything and you watch this little bar as you're crunching your fucking carrots. Alright, fine. You yeah, go suck a dick. I'm then. pretty sure they can still hear it though. Okay, here's a carrot test. Ready? I'm away from, the, I'm away from it. There, see? Crunching. <laughs> Now I got really close. There you go. Anyway. We're fine. I can. I don't have to be discriminate like discretionary. Okay, so I'd rather have you just eat the carrots and talk with carrots in your mouth. Okay. Uh. No. I right. No, I don't want a carrot. Not a fucking programming. Rabbit. Programming. Yes. So, for instance, I work with a client who. <coughs> she. <laughs> are you laughing? Because you know what I'm going to say, or did you choke on a carrot? Both. Did you choke on a carrot because you're laughing about what I'm going to say? Whatever. <sighs> One of my clients wants to develop a skill, which developing a skill, let me just start by saying this. One time, I don't know anything about makeup. It's just a relatable story. I know nothing about makeup. And I wanted to buy lipstick. 
And I went in and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go in there and act like I know exactly what I want. And I was like, I want a color that's going to stay all day, that's not going to smudge, that's going to be glossy, and it's not going to dry my lips out. And the guy looked at me like I was fucking crazy because you can't get all of those things in the same lipstick. There is now current technology that allows Okay, whatever. Have, okay. The point is, this was before lip stains. The point is, you can't have every goal and expect them to happen. So, for instance, uh, this person wants to gain skill. Mm -hmm. However, the workouts that she's currently doing on her own were workouts that one would do if they were trying to lose weight, which she doesn't need to do. So that in a way has somewhat of an inverse relationship in that a lot of what works for people who want to change body composition very quickly mm -hmm. is a concept called muscle confusion. And there's some controversy around this, um, but essentially... But for the most part, P90X, it works like CrossFit, it works. We don't right, necessarily... Right, yeah, right, right. You don't get strong in anything, but you're going to look for right. it. So, the reason that that works is because when you start to develop a skill, your body gets very efficient at that thing. And the more you do it, the less calories you'll burn doing that thing because of efficiency. So that's why treadmill running after a while right. doesn't get you to burn what you want. Right, exactly. So things like CrossFit, where you're constantly changing the exercises, tend Wait. to work better for um, body composition changes. Other, also, that's why things like traditional lifting, like uh, progressive overload, actually work because those are simple exercises that you're doing, but there's a constant that's varying, which is the resistance. So because that's changing and because even though the skill set you need is very minimal to do it, um, because that's changing, that's actually something that can help increase strength and can change body composition. That's why I'm a big, big fan of people lifting weight to lose weight. Anyway, going back, so if you, she was basically doing a, taking a whole bunch of different fitness classes. So the problem with that is if she, you want to build a skill, that is the exact opposite of how you would build a skill. So they say practice makes perfect. A skill is something that you develop by doing a technique over and over and over and over again. That's why a lot of these athletes from various sports who take up CrossFit thinking it's going to actually help them, it's shown in certain cases that it's actually diminished their ability to play their given sport and increased their risk for injury. So again, if you want to get strong, there's a certain way to do that. If you want to lose weight, there's a certain way to do that. If you want to develop a skill, there's a certain way to do that, but you can't expect to have all three and you can't, you have to know what you're doing. So this brings me to the next point, which um, in talking about gimmicks, it's what people take advantage of when they want to sell you on something. So the next point, and this doesn't just apply to fitness, it applies to a lot of different things. And I, cur I recently wrote about this in our last um, blog post, which was how to not fail your resolutions part three, the super nerdy post. So in this one, I, in this uh, blog, I talk about different ways that your body's trying to sabotage you and how knowing those ways can actually help you uh, to avoid pitfalls. And so we talk about things that you can't control, like your genetics, your epigenetics. We talk about things that you can kind of control, like your limbic system, 
uh, and modification of motor output, uh, hormones, and then we also talk about something that we can definitely control but not most people are aware of, uh, and that's logical fallacies. So, because... What's that, Kim? I don't even know how to define that in a way that's not inherent in the in its own fucking logical fallacies. Um, so basically a false belief that we continue to try to apply and the yeah. logic in itself continues the more you apply right. it. The logic is the logic proves that if like the it falls apart under application. Let's say that. The logic under application falls apart. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I can Google search it. But anyway, I wanted to talk about different logical fallacies and how they actually... There are hundreds of them. Um, the human brain is imperfect because... Not It's imperfect. Whatever. Uh, and because of our human experience, we don't really view things objectively. Uh, we, everybody views things subjectively. That's just Not me. reality. Whatever. You want to talk, talk about... <laughs> no. Yeah? No. You want to talk about your uh, no, I objective view on reality? No, I like... Nope. Everything right. Kim says is right. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> definitely not. These are things, however, that can make uh, that can cause us to make very, very bad decisions, and we might be unaware of why we make these decisions. So, uh, one of the logical fallacies that I want to talk about today is appealing to common belief. This is actually how Trump got elected in my mind. Oh, God. So appealing to common belief is a fallacy that makes us more likely to believe something the more we hear it, despite it being true or untrue. So in that, there are a lot of fitness myths that you'll still hear, even though science over and over again has pro have proven them to be false. For instance, the myth that cardio is the best way for women to lose weight. I've heard that. I still hear that to this day in 2017. That's something that's been circulating since the 1990s and has been disproven over and over and over again. But because of this fallacy, the more people say it, the more you tend to believe it even if it's false. So this is why our president-elect has got away with saying things that are completely false and people just buy into it because he just keeps saying it. Like all Mexicans are rapists. rapists. How many people have you raped, Mel? Um, today? Yeah. And this is a slippery slope. Okay. I, so that's not, that's <laughs> I not feel this kind this. of humor is... <clears throat> or is it only half of you that does it? Maybe half. Okay. Another one is uh, mistaking correlation and causation. So, basically, um, this is something that can cause you to think that... Uh, because two things happened at the same time, that that was the cause of it. Where this relates to weight loss it specifically is, and that I've seen, is um, when people try a whole bunch of different methods at the same time to try to lose weight, for instance, they might attribute their weight loss to what, to what happens, or sorry, they might attribute their weight loss to a method that didn't actually cause the weight loss just because they happened to lose weight at the time of that specific uh, event or the method that they were they were using, uh, even though the weight loss may have been because of something they were doing weeks earlier, and then this carries over into saying like, oh, I use this waist waist trainer, and I lost X amount of weight. Then all of a sudden they think that that's the cause of the weight loss. They start telling other people. Yeah. People start appealing to common belief, and it just goes on and on and on and on. Um, that's a good example. I think that we we all do that. And it can contribute to what we think are positive uh, beliefs, like 
you know, I need to have water with lemon juice in it every day because I feel really good that way. And that's okay, but it, maybe it's not every day that you have to do that, but it's something that you, you've created a really strong association mm-hmm. with a, a feeling of like health, but maybe you forgot that you've also been sleeping better. Right. You know, and that's actually what's contributing to your feeling better. It also can create uh, negative beliefs. Yes. Like, oh, I went to the gym and one time I took a really hard class and I was unfamiliar with it and I felt stupid and I remember I felt really sore and I thought I hurt myself the next day. So I just don't do that kind of thing. Right. And I've heard that about yoga before. It's like I took everything, one yoga everything. class, <clears throat> this thing hurts, so yoga hurts you. Um, that kind of thing. So the associations can be just as powerful even if they are false. Yes. So keep that in mind, folks. Keep that in keep mind. mind. Um, another one's confirmation bias. That's where we tend to seek out information that only affirms our belief. Um, again, not to talk about the election too much, but this is why particularly um, liberals in New York were very surprised when Trump won. It's because we tend to live in an echo chamber. And Facebook actually preys upon this, and they create algorithms to show you what you want to see versus versus what reality is. You end up living in this Based on bubble. what you're clicking. Okay, but it's not like it's... This is where I, I get un- annoyed. And I'm like, this is where critical thinking needs to happen on behalf of anyone participating in their lives. Um, <laughs> anyone participating in their own life. I mean, honestly, like if you give I am a, a passerby of my Well, own how many people are abdicate their power over personal experience? And I hear this a lot in an emotional context when they're like, everyone on Facebook is having, stop touching my fucking candles. Mm-hmm. Everyone on Facebook is having a really nice time. Look at how happy they are. And then they like get surprised when somebody suddenly breaks up or they quit their job or they have a, or they commit suicide on Facebook. Hey, don't do that. That's awful and traumatizing. Do it quietly where no one has to see that. That's fucked up. Um, that being said, like Facebook's algorithm where they like prey upon your, like what you click on and mm-hmm. they base like, they start giving you product information and other people and posts that you or like. Or articles that you might want to read. Articles you might want to read. But hello, it's based on what, you like so does google yeah but that only reaffirms your confirmation bias. yeah but that is up to us to also understand oh, no. how shit works i'm not giving people excuses by by pointing out these logical fallacies what i'm trying to do is make people aware that your decisions sometimes can have um subconscious causes and well, if you're aware of those things then you can avoid doing dumb shit oh again this also applies in a negative or positive sense like it can support negative beliefs about like Oh, I'm going to strength train with my five-pound kettlebell that's pink, which makes me want to vomit. Or you can raise the... You're fine. Raise the level of cognizance that you bring to a particular issue, and then you start to surround yourself with the people and information that continues to help you learn in that particular field. And I heard something recently that was interesting that I think you can apply to many areas of your life in this way, that you are, and I will find the attribution for this, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Oh, I was just telling someone about this yesterday. And who shall remain nameless. Who shall and remain nameless. it was, it's a fascinating... Not that he listens to this fucking podcast. Okay, okay. We're both menstruating, by the way. We're both angry. Um, what does that have to do with anything? You get crazy. You're sexist. I am sexist. Are you kidding? My vagina is super sexist right now. (laughs) It hates 
everyone and in me included actually um but it that idea that like your confirmation bias can work for or against you know if i want to elevate my thinking and my behavior i'm also going to seek out people who confirm that behavior for me whether it's like now whether it's really good or bad right is up to you know for me to look at and judge in different spaces but Right. We can. We so it's can not always this. working against you necessarily. It's not. These are neutral ideas that, upon application and the human experience, um, will produce uh, a different result. Word. So before we end the podcast, <laughs> I promised Word. a friend that I would talk about something. Um, we were going to talk about the election, but I don't really want to talk about it. Um, or the inauguration, or whatever the fuck. This is the only Boom. thing I'm going to say, and if anyone who is Canadian who knows Justin Trudeau, can, if they just pass along this message, I will put both of his balls in my mouth and keep them there for an extraordinarily long time for Canadian citizenship. What if he doesn't want that? I What if I got he's like, else. that's what you, else. with every, as smart really? as you are, as successful, this is what you have to I, offer the world? To, yeah. I and just, you have such a tiny little mouth. I do, I, but I'll stretch that shit. I mean, whatever gets you into Canada. That's what I'm saying. Right? Right. Yes. I mean, he he can send me other offers. Like, it doesn't have to be that. I'm just... That's what I would do for Canadian citizenship. Like, that's... that's um, you know what I'm saying? Yes. I actually am laughing because I'm looking on the list at your... Oh, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Wait. So, uh, <laughs> this is hilarious. My friend Diane on Facebook actually put in the comments that uh, of what she wanted to hear on our podcast. She wanted us to do, and hi Diane, by the way, she runs a group called The Curvy Goddess, and you can find her on Facebook, Curvy Goddess Lounge. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. She's, she's also half Vietnamese. Woo -woo. Can I be part of the curvy? No. Nope. What curves do you have? <gasps> Your fucking hair curls? Oh! <laughs> Look at these pointy little elbows. Oh, that is super body shaping. And you're a slut whore. <laughs> your fucking bald mouth offer, you bitch. All right, anyways, uh, don't let your kids listen drink to your candles. No, no, God, no. Don't let your kids listen to this. <laughs> Ever. Ever. Um, so she asked for an imaginary case study of Trump uh, from an exercise perspective and what I would recommend to rehaul his physical fitness program. Um... First of all, I wouldn't involve anything that would have his face touching any exercise equipment because it would turn orange from all the spray tan. Um, second of all, when I actually tried to look at videos of the way that Trump moved so that I could try to evaluate, you know, his gait, I actually threw up in my mouth a little bit. So I can't we're going to just go ahead and skip. I literally the cannot look at him. Eva I evaluation him. of the way that he moves. Um, By the way, I want to say, like, we are vehement, we are scorbic, we cast aspersions upon this man, and I am also trying to shift my perspective, which would be the definition of a miracle for anyone who has listened to Marianne Williamson or, you know, read A Course in Miracles, that if I can shift my perspective, I can do better at handling what's coming towards us and be more effective, because in this angry, angry place I'm in, I am, I'm stuck in my feelings, I'm stuck in my story, and I am therefore powerless. So I'm trying to gain clarity. You're ruining my case study. Sorry. All right, so I would say, um, he, you know, he's a tall man, but his posture could use some work, so 
maybe some uh, upper back mobility drills. Uh, I would do all of them in the prone position because you don't have to worry about smashing his junk. Uh, word has it he has a micropene. So no worries there. No micropene. I really um, don't. Stop. I'm not done. No. I'm not done. No. Oh, I, I don't want people to feel judged by that though. Like if you have that, that happens. And oh you're... my God. Oh, I feel really uncomfortable. I just want to disassociate myself from this part of, the, of that. Fine. That's fine. Yes. Whatever. Uh, I would also incorporate a lot of grip training for his tiny hands that's uh, before funny. I would move on to tiny hands, tiny peen. Uh, before I would move on to having him do uh, any heavy lifting, and since he's never done any heavy lifting his whole life, um, it's it would be a new experience for him. Uh, I think he would fire me. So that's uh, my evaluation of the president. He's not even the president elect anymore. He's the president. Well, I'm uncomfortable with how this uh, ended. And oh, but you can never mind. I'm just not even gonna. Don't and. I just want to wish us all, I want to end on a more positive note because I had a really good talk with a friend yesterday. Hi, Debbie. If you ever get to hear this, Debbie is an amazing young woman. And I'm really proud of young women who are still in their early, mid-20s who are focused on themselves and their careers and just exploring life. And I love that. And she's of a similar mindset to us politically, but she and I were talking yesterday about how to try and overcome the, the depth of despair that a lot of us are feeling anxiety, which has been all over. And general, I think melancholy is too light of a word, actually. There's a, there's a lot of desperation about how we don't want this to happen. One is to really call upon all the teachings that we have learned in yoga and Eastern philosophy that we study and to accept the unacceptable, even make that the mantra, so that we no longer can waste precious energy on resistance towards the situation and really work on putting that energy towards staying in the light, being positive and making, you know, beneficial choices as individuals on a daily basis. And I would like to tell you that eventually I will be able to do a Thich Nhat Hanh kind of thing and meditate on Trump and send him love and send him peace because that's essentially what I do want for my, my country and my country people. And we cannot have that if our leaders are uh, at war with themselves. Word. And I, we can just extend this podcast and just not do the other one now. Just so you know. Um, well, we have because to we're go. talking about it anyway. Soon. Soon. Because you ended up talking about it anyway. So Okay. Um, yeah. In so, 10 more minutes, we have to go. Yeah, I know. Okay, hurry up. What? So, uh, we ended up talking about the election anyway. From my perspective, I just wanted to say, um, I don't actually consider myself a liberal because um, I would like to see a reduction in federal government personally. Um, and I do have some beliefs that go more with Republican beliefs. I would like to see more bipartisanship. My personal pick uh, for this election was actually Kasich. Um, socially, however, important issues for me are women's rights issues, which it seems that only the Democratic, uh, the Democratic Party cares about. Um, and that's the thing that I'm the most concerned with during this time. Um, you know, I see that a lot of, I'm trying, I'm trying to view this in a logical way because 
Because the emotions are crippling. Well, a lot of people voted for him. It was a, it was fairly close. Yeah, she won the popular popular election, but a lot of people voted for this man, and I think even people who have voted for Obama. And I think that it does us a grave disservice to say, oh well, they're all racist or they're all stupid. Agree. Because that's not the case. I agree. There are people who voted for him um, out of desperation, and they felt some need, and it, it's still a bit confusing to me. Uh, just because I feel like there were more qualified candidates in that party. Um, so Trump's rise in power, I don't know, you know, exactly what the sentiment is. And I tried when he first got, when he won the election, I, I tried to say, okay, let me give him a chance. People voted for him. You know, let me just give him a chance. Maybe this was all for show, et cetera, et cetera. But to be honest with you, like with some of these cabinet picks. Oh my God. He's fucking retarded. He's fucking, I, I don't like, I understand that he, it seems like he wants to reduce the amount of, he wants to make government smaller, which a lot of Republicans do. Totally cool. But just, you don't do that by picking a whole bunch of people who are grossly grossly not qualified for the position. And and I will say this is not the first time in history that we've ever seen this uh, lack of expertise the way we would have liked to have in our leaders. But I do think, as I was talking with Debbie the other day, and she brilliantly pointed out, this is a, a really unique opportunity for learning. We've never seen the corruption that we complain about in our government so blatantly executed. And that is valuable for us to be able to see Yes. And learn from from the future. So I am personally trying to shift my perspective mm -hmm. to a miraculous place. I just, I don't get how working class people can identify with a billionaire. Like, they, they think that this man who was raised in a way that's so far removed from how they were raised is going to be their savior. Like, that's not, that confuses me so much. Um, but, you know... Again, my largest concern is women's rights, and I, unfortunately, am losing hope in that regard. Um, I, I don't, I get some people don't like abortion. I get that. But nobody, first of all, nobody likes abortion. Like, nobody's like. But it's something that every progressive, progressive nation needs. It's right. It's a necessary thing. Nobody's like, oh my god. Abortion is legal now. Oh my god! Hey, do you want to have an abortion party? Like, right? That's a that's a dumb patriarchal fear that and has all been bred into all of us. Also, this whole weird like, oh, like um, this belief that there's all these third trimester abortions happening yes, um, yes, when it's very a rarity, rare, very rare. Um, and usually it's for a medical purpose. And there's this belief that like women are just straight up using using it for birth control, which if you ever spend any amount of time in an abortion clinic, that is just not the case. Or talking to a woman. <laughs> the vast majority of us don't enjoy those We're procedures. not actually people now, by the way. Women. We're just we're vessels, not, we're vessels not, apparently. for reproduction. Yeah, and it's just the whole idea of like, oh, I don't feel like paying for someone else's birth control. or, or it, it's, it's absurd. Well, it's, look, let's just, we all have concerns. Let's try to end it positively because we're going to need it. Okay, we're gonna let's all try to. I'm gonna drink this candle. Remain I'm touching it. No, oh, don't touch me. We're gonna remain open, and I swear to God, that is. I swear to what? I swear to God. Um, 
everybody try to remain open and if you have comments or ways in which you can help contribute to how to stay positive in this dark time, um, feel free to, to write an email or go to our Facebook page. And I guess that's good. We're, we're good to go. How about you, Kim? Feeling cathartic? Feel like you've gotten it out? Uh, no. Okay. Well, we're going to go anyways. Fair. So, I'm going to go work out now. Thanks for listening. Yay. Bye. Bye. Stop, guys.